Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is, back. Out of fear. Most times when we hear that word fear in the scripture, it's not a good thing. Now, there are times when the English word fear is used, like in our our psalm today, blessed are those who fear the Lord. This is speaking more of like a a holy reverence. That's, That's okay. But most of the time in scripture, fear is not good. In fact, when, when God's messengers, the, the holy angels, show up, almost always the, the first words out of their mouth are, don't be afraid, have no fear. When Jesus is in the, the boat and it's about to sink, he's like, don't be afraid, have faith. When he comes walking on the water, don't be afraid. Over and over, the, the message in Scripture seems to be, don't have fear, don't be afraid. So we should be able to just take from that, that this servant who comes and says, well, out of fear, I did this. We should probably intuit that he's, he's got it wrong. And indeed, that is clearly the, the message of the scripture today. Now, notice that the master is not out any money. You know, he's got the one talent that he gave him. He's like, look, you gave me one talent. Here it is. You know, you didn't lose anything on me, you know. You should be okay, right? No, the the reaction is immediate and fierce. You wicked, lazy servant. You would think that this servant had like squandered five talents. But no, the master didn't lose anything. It's just here it is back. He's like, no, I I didn't want it just back. I, I didn't want back what I gave you. I gave it to you because I knew you were capable of giving me more of giving me a return at the very least. You could have put it in the the bank and just got some interest. Fear prevented this servant from being who he should have been. What role does fear play in our life then? Notice that the whole premise of this parable is that this master gives the talents to the servants, and then it says he, he goes away on a journey and comes back after a, a long time. Well, we're, of course, meant to see ourselves precisely in this position. The, the master who has gone away, well, that's, that's Jesus, our master and Lord, who after his ascension indeed has gone away on a journey, as it were. We live in that time in between the departure of our Lord on ascension and his ultimate return in glory. And the parable, as if to prepare us for this time in between, says after a long time. All right, we might perhaps protest that, well, the Lord's been gone a long time. And perhaps we do grow weary of the journey. When will Jesus come back? How long do we have to live in this between time, between ascension and the return in glory? First of all, let's just humbly admit that it's, it's not fun necessarily in that time. Probably there are instances in which we wish, Lord, could you just be here? Why do you, why do you have to go away? Why not just stay? And, and no doubt the apostles had similar thoughts after the ascension. 
yeah, it's great. Jesus has gone to glory and isn't that wonderful, but we could kind of use him here. And indeed, he sends us the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So there, there is a certain way in which, yes, we have Jesus with us in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in a way that the apostles never had when they were with him physically every day. But at the same time, let's not miss the fact that we feel alone. We do have times where we feel abandoned, where we feel more the weight of the world on us. And we say, as Martha had said to Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, Lord, if you had been here, okay, that's, that's okay. Let's not, let's not blow that off. It is a struggle at times to live in this in-between. Okay, fine. But what are we supposed to be doing in the in-between? Well, that's the entrusting of the talents then. And keep in mind, a talent is a lot of money. A talent is a, like 50 pounds of silver. It would have been multiple years' wages, and in some cases, more than a lifetime's worth of wages. So this is, even one talent is no small deal. But notice this master, he entrusts it, and he has to know something about his servants. He knows what they're capable of. And so when Jesus leaves us, he, he also knows what we are capable of. We think talent, we don't even realize that like the English word talent, it actually comes from this parable. Talent is actually a weight of measure, measure of perhaps silver. The gifts that we've been given, the, the talents that we've been given, don't compare yourself with others because Jesus knows exactly what you're capable of. And so the most important thing we can do in this in-between time is to be doing what Jesus wants us to do, like a, a good, faithful servant. But notice the role of fear. Why doesn't the servant with one go out and make another one? Well, he's afraid. And that's where I think we really have to look at our own fear. Because we, we all experience it, but what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of losing the master's money, of not using well God's talents? I don't know how much we are afraid of that. In fact, this servant who buries the one talent, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be very afraid, actually, of losing the master's money. Rather, it seems like he doesn't want to even be involved with the master's money. It's like, I want to do what I want to do. So, yeah, I've got this talent, but... I don't want to work for the master. I'll, just, I'll bury it, I'll give it back to him, and there, I'm done. I can go do what I want to do. The, the two servants who made the five and the two, notice they had to spend their effort and their energy being about the master's business. They're out trading. They're out working to try to say, all right, I've been given this great gift. How can I use it to, to give my master a return? Notice here, that the fear could be then for a good servant that I'm afraid of losing my master's money. Well, do you not think that the master is aware that if you're going to go trade, that there's a possibility that you could lose the money? I mean, that's, that's always a possibility when we talk about the, the market. You notice always those disclaimers and in investments, you know, uh, past performance is no guarantee of future results. There is risk in going out and trying to trade with the money. It means taking risk. It means putting things out there so that, yeah, you, you might increase, but 
you might decrease too. Some of us are afraid of that kind of proposition. Bad enough when it comes to money, but when it comes to the gifts of God, for us to say, yeah, I, I know I've got these talents that God's given me, but I'm, I'm afraid to put myself out there because what if I mess it up? I think that's the, that's the ultimate fear. What if, what if I'm not good enough? What if, what if I get out and I put myself out there and I fail? Well, there's where I think we have the image in our mind of what it looks like to fail. And so we think, I, I don't want to fail, so I'm not going to risk. Is that really the, the message of the parable today? I think the story we tell ourselves we have to change because what do we do? We, we think catastrophically. We think, well, okay, if I, if I risk here in my job, what if I'm wrong? And then what if my boss gets mad at me? Well, okay, well, well, then if he gets mad at me, what if, what if I don't get a promotion? And what if I don't get promoted? Well, then what if my salary doesn't sufficiently match what I need? And then what if I lose all my, my money? And then what if he really gets mad? And what if I lose my job? And, and then if I lose my job, well, then what? Well, well, then I might not have any money. So we might lose our, our, our house and we might lose our way of life. And, and then what? And then what? And then what? And eventually I had one person tell me the ultimate end of that chain. Somehow we always see ourselves like, homeless, living under an overpass, pushing a shopping cart. So if you want to think, what am I afraid of in this present situation? Probably take it all the way down and probably in your mind somewhere, you've got the idea of living under an overpass, pushing a shopping cart. Is that really what we're destined for? Jesus in the, the scriptures today tries to say something different. He says, no, I want you to go out and risk, to take a chance, to, as one contemporary author puts it, to dare greatly. Those of you who have read Brene Brown or seen her, her famous TED Talk, she's one of these popular authors who the title of her best book is Daring Greatly. It's like, why don't we do this? The happiest people are those who dare greatly. The most successful people, even in worldly eyes, are those who dare greatly. Why don't we do this? And, and her answer in her research is shame. Because we don't want to feel ashamed if we fail. Society will shame us. And worse, we will shame ourselves if we fail. But would the master in the parable do that? Now, in my reading of it, I would imagine that if the master came back and say the one who had been given five talents said, master, I did the best I could. I went out, I risked your, your talents. I, I used all the, the gifts you've given me and I traded and I tried to do the best I could. And man, the, the, the market took a huge downturn and ships got wrecked and there was a fire and I lost your money. I, I don't have any return. Well, what do we expect the master to say? We expect the master will say, you wicked servant, I trusted you with five talents. That's like billions of dollars and you lost it? Shame on you. That's, I think, what we hear in our mind, the way it would go. But let me suggest that probably, based on what I read of our master, what would have happened? If he comes forward and says, you know, I, I went out, I, I worked really hard, I spent, the last 20 years that you were away on your journey working every day and like 
ah, there was this fire and a shipwreck and I lost your money. I think the master would say, well done, good, faithful servant. You were faithful. You went out and you worked and you traded and you dared greatly. Good for you. That's all I wanted. I wanted, nah, I got plenty of money. If I've got five talents to be throwing here and two there, you think I need money? I don't need money. I need faithful servants who care enough about me and trust that I know what they're good at, that they'll go out and dare greatly and do it. And even if you fail, so what? We should hear the words of Mother Teresa here. God does not ask us to be successful, but faithful. Notice the master doesn't say, well done, good and successful servants. No, he would have been able to say, well done, good and faithful servant, even if through no fault of his own, he had lost all the money. What do you imagine God saying to you? If it's fear, it's probably because you imagine God saying to you, you weren't good enough. You didn't do it. You failed. You, you sinned. You got stuck in this sin your whole life. You never overcame this difficulty. You never got better. You're not good enough to be in heaven. Get out of here, you wicked, lazy servant. If we've got fear, that's why. Because that's the story we're telling ourselves. But that story is a lie. That's Satan who tells us that story. We don't have a God like that. We have a God who just says, although I am all-powerful, I choose to create and make this world, and I make it in a way such that I don't control it. Everyone is free to choose me or not. That's the, old, that's the greatest risk ever. Think about a gamble. God, who could command everything, says, I choose to make you all little human beings free, which means we can choose God or not. If anyone should be afraid, it should be God, because we know we can choose against God, and people do. That we should be afraid of. But if God is willing to risk on us, shouldn't we be willing to risk on God to dare greatly. So whatever it is that God has, has given you, if you're afraid, it's probably not the reverential fear of God the psalm talks about. It's probably shame that's leading to that fear. Banish that. Banish that far away and say, Satan, I reject this. I reject shame. I know I am enough. I know I'm good enough. I know I am made in the image and likeness of God. And if he has given me something and he expects anything from me, it's because he knows I can do it because he made me. And whatever little bit you think it is, good. Go, go take that little bit. Because the, the secret is none of us have been given little. Even one talent is huge even in the monetary terms. So what has God given you? And maybe don't even worry about how big or small it is. You're called to dare greatly with it. A ship is safe in a harbor. But ships aren't made for harbors. They're made to go out. We are too. So if you're tied up in the harbor because you're afraid to go out in your boat on the dangerous sea. You're not even really safe in the harbor. You're just trying to hang out until the master comes back. It won't work. Put out into the deep, Jesus says. Cast off. Get your little ship out there on the dangerous sea of the world. 
trade, risk, dare greatly. And then no matter what happens, you will hear at the end of your life, not good job, successful servant. I don't know if you'll be successful or not in the world's eyes. But one thing's for sure, if you get out and do it, if you really do it, if you risk it all on God, if you love with everything you've got and dare greatly for the kingdom, I can guarantee you, no matter what happens in worldly terms, you will definitely hear our beloved, caring, non-condemning master, our beloved Lord Jesus, say to you at the end of your life, well done, good and faithful servant. You dared greatly. You dared to love. Come, share your master's joy.